Do you ever hear the alarm go off and think, ugh, five more minutes? Well, you are not alone. Welcome to the Life as a Team Sport podcast, where we will take the concepts from sports and apply them to everyday life. So whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, the mom of an athlete, or just love watching sports, we invite you to come along with us as we explore family, faith, fitness, and have a lot of fun doing it. This is a podcast by the women of sport for the women of sport. Welcome back to the team room. You are with Patricia and Becky, and we are kicking off season two of Life is a Team Sport. Becky, how are you doing? Wow, I'm doing awesome, and that is so exciting. Season two. I know. Season one was so much fun. We talked to so many really great people about so many really cool topics, and we had over a 1,000 downloads in the first season. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So season two today, we are kicking off with a guest, and I'm really excited to have her on the show. She is a former gymnast and has coached gymnastics now for a long time and is currently coaching at her alma mater, Westchester University, up in Philadelphia area. And so she is on here to talk a little bit about measuring perfection, which I think is a really cool topic. So welcome to the show, Barb Cardova. Well, I'm so happy to be here. I think this is awesome. And um, I just I'm honored to be able to be on your show. Well, thanks. It's great to have you. You know, I got to meet Barb quite a few years ago at an FCA conference that we do for college athletes and then found out that she also knows Laura Matera, who we've already had on the show. So small world, but it's great to have you on here. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, thank you. So before we get to the interview, we always like to start off with the highlight reel. So why don't you tell us about something that you're loving right now? Okay, so what I'm loving right now is kind of started during the shutdown during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, During the shutdown, I mean, I am a gymnastics coach. My team was shut down. I couldn't Mm -hmm. go into the university. Uh, I I was just like, huh. So I have a friend who... um, was doing exercise. I saw on Facebook, she was doing exercise classes via Zoom. And here she's an herbal life coach. And so I started exercising with these ladies regularly. Um, And just it helped me so much get through the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So since then, they have these challenges um, that I've started to join. And they're like month challenges, like 30. And they're they're, um, exercise and eating challenges. Um, and so I've done them, love them. I work out, you know, I started getting up at five 30 in the morning to work out six days a week. So, um, I'm really enjoying these challenges. It's fun, you know, and I, that's, that's my thing, you know, so it's through herbal life. Like I said, she's an herbal life coach and, um, the challenges are called the sculptor body fitness challenges. So that's what I'm loving right now. Wow. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. I feel like it would be hard to convince myself to get up at 530 in the morning. <laughs> I have never in my life gotten up that early. Yeah. And really? They no. Well, maybe when I, I taught school, I did, but not willingly, like not for something <laughs> yeah, well. that like I want, you know what I mean? Like work. Yeah. But on a regular basis, no. They, they now the classes are at 630, but they were at 530 for a while. And 
I just, I just, it just, I feel so good. And I just can't stop. Yeah. You know, Barb, it's funny you say that because I started, I joined something during COVID that I never, ever would have joined. And it's, it's just like that. My girlfriend um, has her beach body stuff. And so she did these kickboxing and boxing, this boxing course through, you know, beach body or whatever. And I was like, I hemmed and hawed and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I was same as you. Like I needed something. I needed something and people, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. So you join that community, you feel good. Five thirty during COVID. I don't. I don't think I saw five thirty during COVID. Well, now. in the beginning, when it was with the shutdown, it was nine thirty. But then, uh-huh. when the challenges started, we were back to work. That's in starting in December. That's when it was five thirty. Okay, I was going to say yes. during COVID. I don't know if anybody saw five thirty. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. didn't get to go right. anywhere, so it was yeah. like what? Right. No. right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, though. I mean, it's really it's the importance of community. It's the importance of moving your body. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it it is really healthy to make sure mm-hmm. that you find those things to do. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. It's fun. Perfect. Well, today we are talking about measuring perfection, which I mean, I have a little bit of background in gymnastics. And so this I know when you suggested that this is what you want to talk about, I thought, wow, this is going to be fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. But first, we want to hear a little bit about your background. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about growing up and a little bit about your family. Awesome. So um, I grew up in Woodbury, New Jersey, um, and I was a gymnast. I started doing gymnastics, probably not super early, I think about eight or nine, um, and then was a, you know, started off, you know, pretty quickly got into competition and was a competitive gymnast all throughout um, my, you know, grade school, you know, middle school, high school. And then I was a gymnast at Westchester, as Patricia mentioned. Um, So been a gymnast my whole life. Um, Also did some other sports. I was a swimmer. I swam in just in the summertime. So I wasn't a really true swimmer. Um, (laughs) Some diving, you know, those kind of individual sports. Um, um, I'm one of um, six children. Um, and so had a big family, very competitive and athletic family. So we all did, did athletics. So, um, that's good. Now I'm married. Um, I've been married for a long time and I have two children of my own, um, who really aren't into sports. Either of my children, my daughter, what, you know, she's played softball, she's done gymnastics, she's Mm -hmm. done little things, but they're just not, that's just not either of their things. My son is not into sports and, my husband is, he loves sports, but, um, yeah, so it's just, is that's just, you know, a different thing, but, um, that's a whole nother conversation we could have actually Barb, because it I, have is. Friends, I have friends just like you who are super athletic and their kids are theater, intelligent, kind. They're awesome. It's just, they don't love sports either. So it's always kind of a, it's just an interesting thing yeah. when you love sports. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a little bit about me. Nice. No, that's really cool. So as a, as a kid, you were mostly into gymnastics. It sounds like you did swimming and diving and things like that. But so as an athlete, what was your relationship with perfectionism and perfection as a, as a kid? So it's really interesting because I, you know, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking how much of this is your sport and how much of this is your personality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely think there's both, you know, mm-hmm. I do think, you know, 
I, you know, in preparing for this, I looked up like, what's the definition of perfect? And one of the definitions of perfect, there's lots of them, but one of it, one of them was having no mistakes or flaws. Well, when you're a gymnast, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you're competing, have no mistakes or flaws, because there's a judge that's judging every single mistake and every single flaw. Mm -hmm. And so obviously doing this sport my whole life, that's part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's part of, you know, what you're thinking becomes. Um, But I also think that um, it's part of my personality. I'm a type A personality. I, I hit all those boxes. Gymnasts tend to be type A personality. So I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I'm not exactly sure. It's funny. I do think that there were some things that happened in my, in my life when I was a child too, that did affect this perfectionism also. Unfortunately, my parents divorced when I was um, about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my father had left our family and um, very difficult for a young teenage girl yeah. or almost teenage girl. And I really found myself um, always trying to be perfect for him and mm-hmm. trying to earn his love. So not that he didn't love me because he loved me and, you know, so much, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you're so at that age, a loss like that, that you don't really have control over, that definitely played, you know, and once again, whether or not, you know, I'm not sure if the, who came first, the chicken or the egg, but it definitely <laughs> Definitely, I definitely feel like that had something to do with, you know, yeah. my, you know, wanting to be perfect. Did, you know, when did you, Barb? When did you notice um, what you just shared about wanting him to love you more during, you know, being really good at sports growing up? When did that, like, when did you come to that realization? Like in your twenties, or like when did you kind of look back and say, because now you're saying it clearly. I think it came from, you know being perfectionist to get more love for my dad or or approval or yeah and like I said I don't want to miss anyone to misunderstand my dad loved me a lot it was more a a perception that I had right that I needed to be perfect and it wasn't just with my athletics it was just anything Mm -hmm. you know because you know you know because he wasn't in the home anymore maybe because I wanted him oh it's natural that's a natural to be back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I don't really know when I realized that. Um, I I don't, I don't know. That's okay. I'm just wondering. You know, know, just thinking back of it. Yeah. I definitely, it's definitely something that I've thought of over the years, but I'm not sure when I kind of came to that realization. Yeah. It is interesting. Hindsight always 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to look back and see things when you don't necessarily see them in the moment. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you went on to be a gymnast at Westchester. um, Mm -hmm. And did you, did you continue to feel that sense of needing to be perfect, not just with your gymnastics, but maybe like with your grades or with things in college and kind of how did that progress? Because I know eventually you went into coaching. So, you know, was there something about coaching that drew you in as well? Well, I think one thing that's interesting, like I don't really, really ever being a perfectionist, like I did well in school, but I wasn't like that straight A student. Mm -hmm. And so I don't remember really being super perfection, having a really, you know, in high school, I think I got, as I succeeded, it became 
more like, oh, like I'm succeeding. And mm-hmm. you know, so I think as I got older, you know, um, in college doing well, you know, you know, even in my career, I think, I think that's where it kind of even got, you know, more focused on it. And let's face it, there's a fine line. So that's the thing, right? Like, you know, perfectionism isn't always bad, you know, like striving for excellence is not a bad thing. Right. And so that's where it is. It's that fine line of where do you draw striving for excellence? And then I have to be perfect all the time. You know, I looked up the word perfectionism also, and it says it's often defined as the need to be or appear to be perfect or even to believe that it's possible to achieve perfection. Mm. It's typically viewed as a positive trait rather than a flaw. People may use the term healthy perfectionism to describe or justify perfectionist behavior. But, you know, we know as I, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, I know that this is not always healthy behavior because sometimes it becomes obsessive behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, or behavior that, you know, can cause, you know, mental health issues, you know, and, and, and not able to say, okay, it's all right if I fail in this situation, or I don't do so great in this situation. Yeah, yeah. And so the pressure to feel like you need to be perfect all the time can really drive you into that obsessive behavior. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, and so, you know, and for those that aren't as familiar with gymnastics, right, you go out and you compete your event and you're trying to get a perfect 10. And every once in a while, those are awarded. (laughs) And so there's this perception that you, that a a chosen few can be perfect. Mm. Right. And there's this striving for that all the time. Right. And so I can see how that really can pervade your mind really easily. Sure. Yeah. 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 So as you got into coaching, well, getting into coaching, tell us a little bit about why you chose to get into coaching and why you coach now. So truthfully, I feel like my whole life I wanted to be a gymnastics coach. I remember as a child teaching the neighborhood kids gymnastics on the mat that I had, you know, in my backyard. Mm -hmm. So it definitely was something that I always wanted to do. Um, When I when I worked out at the club that I went to when I was when I was, you know, in high school or, you know, I started coaching Mm -hmm. classes and coaching then just just loving it. I love to teach. I love, you know, I definitely feel like it's a gift that I have and that was given by God. And I, coach, so I went to Westchester to major in health and phys ed, mostly because I wanted to coach. Um, God has taken my life in many different directions, but I've coached throughout the years all, uh, you know, ever since I was little, yeah. truthfully. So that's kind of how I got into coaching. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Um, so did you teach, where did you teach then? Or did you teach first? before you became a coach or do you do I've done both. Um, so when I graduated from college, um, I did both. Um, I coached at a gymnastics gym, uh, Blake's gymnastics, which is down by you. I was going to ask you where you did gymnastics down here. Well, that's not where I did it, but that's where I, when I graduated from, um, college, I moved down to the beach and I worked at Blake's and, um, the owner of Blake's, she's a really good friend of mine, actually. And um, shout out to Blake's Gymnastics. Yeah. Um, she's a great lady. And 
I also taught school. I actually taught in um, Egg Harbor Township School District. Okay. So I taught my first two years, I taught health. Okay. Um, well, I'm sorry, my first year I taught health. It was a maternity leave. So mm-hmm. someone out from maternity, I, I taught health. Mm-hmm. When they came back, I did that the whole, my whole first year. They came back, there was another opening, third and fourth grade health and phys ed. Wow. I took that. Then after that, there were no more health and phys ed jobs in the school district. Mm-hmm. So my... My principal was like, you have, I had a dual certification. I had a certification in elementary. He's like, someone's going out on maternity leave. I think you would do a great job teaching fourth grade. Would you, would you want to do it? Wow. I did. I taught fourth grade for eight years. Wow. I, loved it. I taught fourth grade for eight years and, and coached. Once I got married, I stopped coaching for a while. Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, then it would always pull me back. Yeah. So. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Fourth grade is fun. Yeah. I think. I teach middle yeah. school PE, health and PE. Well, that's awesome. And what school do you what do you work at? I'm in because I know you're. I'm in Buna. Okay, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I drive to work like 35 minutes, so Laura and I talk yes. on the phone a lot. She knows when I drive, so we we talk. But um, she Patricia did did give me a little heads up that you're kind of from Jersey, so I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder where. So. Um, yeah, but yeah, EHT is huge. And um, so you have a health and PE background, which gymnastics just flows right into that. And the coaches, yes. I mean, a lot of my good friends, yes. they want to coach. I mean, I, I get it. Yes. Health and PE teachers are coaches. You know, it, yes. it's what we are, I think. So, yep. Yeah, cool. absolutely. So as a coach yeah. now, how are you seeing perfection and the idea of perfection play out in your athletes? So first of all, I think I'm mindful of it, right? Like, I think, I think a lot of it is being intentional about it. I mean, I have to, you know, our sport is about perfection. Like you said, Patricia, we're going out there to compete, to win meets, to try to get that 10. Um, And so, you know, we practice in practice, you know, no deduction routines, you know, where, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, I always stress as a matter of fact just today in practice we had this discussion about you know perfectionism um we were doing like a a activity where it's called a sticking activity where they have to you know and everyone has to do certain things and they count up how many sticks and it's the first time we've done it like this this year and so you know the the freshmen they had to yell out how many they got and the freshmen you i could tell like some of them were like oh i only got this many so afterwards i just said Hey guys, listen, gymnastics in college is a team sport. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And so when you only get three and someone else gets 10, that's okay. Because that person that got 10, she's, she's got your back. And that's what college gymnastics is. It's not an individual sport anymore. And so none of us are perfect. We're all going to have mistakes and that's why we need each other. So really being intentional and telling them, listen, you're not perfect. We're going to strive to have these perfect routines, but you're not perfect and you're going to make a mistake. And that's why we need each other. And so I think that's, that's just being intentional and letting them know. I also coach from a very positive perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, everything I'm, you know, we're always good job. You did that. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, so always trying to build them up. Um, you know, you know, for every time I say, you know, straighten that leg, I'm going to say, you did a great job, you know, keep working on it. You'll get that leg straight, you know? So I think that that's it. I think just being mindful of it 
is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I do know, like, you know, I recognize some of my athletes that really struggle with being perfect. And, you know, I'll send them a text and say, hey, you know, like, it's okay, you're not going to be perfect all the time. And just that just someone saying that to them makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's amazing. That positive reinforcement. And then also the reminder that this is a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the fun thing about college gymnastics. It's so awesome. And part of my job, because when they come in as freshmen, they're individuals. They're not, they've never, they, they could be in a big gym with, you know, but it's still not the same thing. They're competing for Mm -hmm. themselves. And really, I mean, Patricia, you know, because you work, you know, with gymnastics a little bit at um, Maryland, you know, it's a team sport. If you don't have everyone doing their part, it's going to fall apart. And so um, part of my job is to transition them from this is an individual sport. So this is a team. Yeah. So Barb, how me being a non-gymnastics girl and our listeners, I'm sure many are non-gymnastics girls and I love gymnastics. So um, yes. How do you, how can you explain the college is a team sport. Can you just real quick give me an example? I don't, I don't understand. Cause to me, you go, gymnasts so, go out and do everything and then, you know, they win or lose. So I don't really know. Yes. So what really matters is the team score okay. and winning a gymnastics meet. So you win a gymnastics meet by ha- having the higher team score. Okay. And so how you get that team score is six people compete on each event and the top five scores count. So, oh. I might have someone that gets a 10, right? Yeah. But if everyone else fell off the balance beam and they all got, you know, eights, which an eight isn't bad. I was going to say, it's an eight for But in college, it's kind of not great. In college, it's not the greatest school. But, okay, let's say they got all got sevens, okay? okay? If they all got sevens, that we lost the meet. It doesn't uh, matter. Okay. So, so that's why yeah. you're saying to the girls, if one girl gets a 10 and they gets a three, we still need your three. And that girl will say, yeah. say, it's okay. You're going to get better and better because we need you to get better and better so that we can all do this. We can, yes. Work. Okay. This is really helpful because yeah. I didn't. And I didn't another thing too is, and this is something that we talked about today in college gymnastics, every 10th counts. So say you do mess up, right? Say you fall off the balance beam. Well, guess what? Someone else might fall twice. So we might have to count your score. So, don't let that fall affect what happens next. Oh, that's good. Because we're going to need that. So, so that's another part of it, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really, really helpful, yeah. Barb, because I had no clue. You know, I'm a team sport girl, but like, you know, but yeah. I, gymnastics, I didn't know. So that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. It's fun. I love that. I think Yeah. No, that's good. And it's important that you're helping them keep perspective in the midst of that, um, you know, the idea that they need to try to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long- And ultimately, like, ultimately, you know, my job is to coach them to be the best gymnast they can. But ultimately, I'm in coaching because I want to make a difference, not just in, in, in their gymnastics life, but in their life. Yeah. And so one of the things I always tell them is this is just gymnastics. And it's going to come and go. And if COVID didn't teach us anything, oh, yeah. you know, that, that's what we need to learn. But, you know, I want you to be successful in life and, and succeed in life. Um, and so the things that we're learning in the gym are things that I want you to carry wherever you mm-hmm. go. So, yeah. Yeah. You're really yeah. modeling uh, young women. 
you're really influencing their life. So yeah, that's awesome. So, well, it's an honor and they're great women. So it's easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how long, I was just wondering, Barb, how long have you coached gymnastics at uh, Westchester? This is my 13th year. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. That's really cool. So you have a lot of alum coming back. Yeah. That's to share yes. life yes. and to let you know how they're doing and things like that. That's yeah. really fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So I know that your faith plays a big role in your life. You referenced that earlier. How has faith helped you to keep perspective when it comes to trying to be perfect? Awesome. This is the part I'm so excited about sharing. Yay. Um, um, so, and, and this truthfully is one of the reasons why I feel like this perfection and this perfect thing came to my mind when I was thinking about, you know, you know, what's the thing that sports really taught me and, how does that intersect with, you know, who I am and, and what, you know, what God says about me. So um, I'm going to share a verse and um, the verse is Psalm 1830. And it says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven and he is a shield to those who trust in him. That's Psalm 1830. So this is a really special verse to me. Um, um, And I just want to back up a little bit and just talk about You know, when I was thinking about doing this and I was thinking about like, what does perfect look like and what does the Bible say about perfectionism and what perfect is? And so I looked up a bunch of verses and I looked up definitions there. A lot of times, like when the Bible talks about perfect, it talks about it being complete, like the word Mm -hmm. perfect means complete. And so, um, you know, that, you know, gave me a little bit of a different perspective. And so, um, in one verse that I really thought about was in Colossians 1:28. it says that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So complete in Christ Jesus. But the key thing is we can only be perfect or complete with Jesus. Mm, true. Can't do it on my own. I can only do it with him. Mm. So that is key, right? But then back to that other verse that I share with you, Psalm 1830, it's a really special verse in my life. And I'll share a little bit why Um, my husband, when we were still very um, young in our faith and young in our marriage, um, we experienced a full term stillbirth, a a full term stillbirth. Um, And so I, you know, it was many years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been married for almost 30 years. So we were only married for two years when this happened Mm -hmm. and really only walking with the Lord for about about that amount of time too. Um, and so when, when it happened, um, you know, you, you know, Sarah, her name was Sarah mm-hmm. and she was wrapped in the umbilical cord. And so she had actually gone on to be with the Lord before I even delivered her. Mm-hmm. So it was the week of, um, that, that she was due that this happened. Um, but we were in the hospital in the labor and delivery room. And the first thing that we prayed was, Lord, keep us faithful. Mm. Keep us faithful through this. And so truthfully, um, that was our prayer. That was our desire. Um, and God showed up in big, big ways mm-hmm. um, I, and was so faithful to us. We weren't in the hospital, but um, I don't know, half an hour. And someone hands, the nur- a nurse hands me an envelope of a letter from someone who wrote me a letter and said, dear Barbara, you don't know me, but God laid it on my heart to pray for someone who lost a child today. Um, I lost a child so many years ago and 
So we knew each other through a, a mutual friend, but she was praying for me before. And then her mother, who was the person that mm -hmm. we knew, told her that we had lost a baby. Right away, she wrote a note out. She brought it to the hospital. Wow. And, and I got it within a half an hour of being in the hospital. Wow. And so that was like, when I got that, it was like, okay, God, mm -hmm. I know that you're still right here, right mm -hmm. next to me. Yeah. And kudos to this woman. I've never met her, but God laid something on her heart and she did it. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes God lays things on our heart and we mm -hmm. don't do it. And so it's an example to me to remember there's a reason why God wants you to do this thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we decided, um, my husband and I, that we would put on Sarah's grave this verse, Psalm 1830a, the first part of it, as for God, his way is perfect. Because in our mind, we had to completely put all of our trust in Jesus. You know, we needed to just say, okay, we're going to trust you with this big thing um, that seems just impossible to handle and deal with. And so it was an act of trust and, and that, that we, that, that was what we felt like he laid on our heart. Mm -hmm. And so um, the story doesn't end there because unfortunately after that uh, we experienced seven years of infertility. So never able to get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but that's, you know, God just took us through a journey, you know, fertility mm -hmm. is a, is a roller coaster ride mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. Um, but um God was faithful to us through it, you know, um, just continuing to just trust in him. Sometimes it was easier than others. But um, seven years later, we were able to adopt our son, Christopher, um, and uh, God turned our morning into dancing. And then 18 months later, his sister came along. We adopted her. Wow. And her name was is this is her name still Rosana Amparo Cordova? Wow, we named her after her birth mother, um, a very special woman that we just love, and um, we so we named her after her birth mother. So, I don't know, a couple years later, I'm sharing my testimony and I'm looking at this verse, Psalm 1830, the first part that I know so well, as for God, his way is perfect. And I, I looked at the whole verse and it says, the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield for all who trust in him. Amparo means shield or protection. That's this cool. verse that the Lord gave me when we lost our daughter eight and a half years ago, it was always there. That word shield was always there. God always had a perfect plan. And now I have Rosanna. Shield. Wow. Wow. And so God has just shown me that even when things don't look perfect, mm -hmm. he does have a, a perfect plan and he's working things out for his glory, but also for our good and for, and for, for, for good. Now I'm not saying it was his will that our child die. That's not what I'm saying mm -hmm. at all. But what I'm saying is he used that situation for good Sarah was born right into heaven. I'm going to see her again and be reunited with her. And God gave me two beautiful children, Christopher and Rosanna. Christopher is now a freshman at Westchester, and Rosanna is now a junior in high school. Wow. And they're awesome kids. They love the Lord, and it's just it's just been a great experience for us. So mm -hmm. that's why I love this word perfect. 
and that God is perfect yeah. and his ways. Yeah. Are wow. Amen. Amen. You said it. Yeah. That's it. That's really beautiful. That's, really... That's a really beautiful story and beautiful perspective, right? And remembering that God's ways are perfect. And even when things happen that just feel so wrong and so horrible in our life, hanging on to that truth is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's what, that's what kept us going, just holding wow. on to God. Yeah. For sure. So what yep. are some practical things as we wrap up this part of the interview that you do or that you help other people do to help them stay grounded? Or what are some things that you do to help you stay grounded as you work through, you know, the day-to-day life, right? I mean, like you said, COVID hit and and you were shut down. And so, you know, that's got to be frustrating in the midst of trying to you know, coach these kids, you can't even do what you do. Right. And so, um, you know, forget perfection, like you can't even like start the thing. So what are some things that you do that are practical? What advice would you give to people who are struggling with this? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously I already said it, exercise, exercise, exercise in your home was, is good, but but other than that, I mean, truthfully, staying grounded in God's word. I mean, and, and that's through anything. That's through the ups and downs of life. You know, if you're not grounded in God's word, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to struggle. Um, and um, so I think that's the number one thing. You know, I love to study through books. Um, so I do a lot of um, studies written by women that, um, and I, I'm doing one with a friend right now. I just love it. We're studying through Hebrews together. So just staying in God's word and, and, and knowing that, um, you know, that's the way that you can keep your trust in him and know that, you know, even when I'm not perfect and even when I fall, mm-hmm. he, he's going to work it out and help me out. So that I would also say discipleship, having, having a good friends that you can be real with. I think that's one thing that's often lacking in the church mm-hmm. is that people are putting on those perfect faces mm-hmm. and those masks and, you know, my life is all perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I know why that happens mm-hmm. because sometimes there's a lot of negativity towards people, you know, that can happen, especially, you know, when you're in ministry or something like that, but you need to have people that you can be real with that you can really share your heart with are going to be real back to you according to God's word so that they're going to see life Mm -hmm. into your life through, you know, from Jesus, you know, not just their opinion, but they're going to, they're going to direct you back to your, to your word. And so God has blessed me with a few friends, you know, just a few close friends that, that do that. And so that I'm, I think that's something that's yeah. really, really no, that's, important. That's great advice and really important to find those people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, Barb. This is so great. I, I've gotten to know you more during this interview, during this conversation. So this has been really super fun. And I appreciate you being willing to come on here and share stuff that's just so personal to you. And, um, you know, I think there'll be people listening that will be blessed by it. So I really, I really appreciate your willingness to do that. But before we let you go, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. But you know, you're not getting off the hook that easy because we do need to hear something from your blooper reel. (laughs) If you have a story for us. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. 
I actually do have a story. So when I was a gymnast at Westchester, um, we had a meet at Navy. And um, I, the, the guy I was dating at this, the time, his family was from there. And him and his whole family were coming to the gymnastics meet. I was so excited. I had the worst meet of my life. I actually fell off the balance beam <gasps> five no. times. Oh, my goodness. Five <laughs> times. You can't imagine. Like, that's just horrific. Like, <laughs> what on earth? It was horrific. And I was thinking about this today. Um, first of all, it was so embarrassing. It was like the worst thing ever. That's funny. You know, I guess that's why, you know, like that guy probably said, I'll get rid of this girl pretty quickly. But, um, but I will say my coach um, at the time who incidentally, she is still a good friend today. She volunteers with our team and helps us. But like she, she was such an awesome example of a coach. She, you know, she just, you know, I'm sure she was like so mad at me, but I don't remember her <laughs> being mad at me or, you know, I think that she knew that I was mad at myself enough, you know, and embarrassed enough. And so, um, she, she was an awesome example to me of how, you know, to not pile on after it's already there, Yeah, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So that <laughs> is, you know. That's, that's my embarrassing that's moment. Funny. And now all these people are going to know about it. But, you know, like, you know, what was that thing about perfection, wanting people mm. to think you're perfect? Yeah. So, like, this is that thing of, like, saying, no, I'm not perfect. And I've actually had some right. really bad days. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this, is our, this is our non-Instagram highlight reel. Like, this is real. This is real life. <laughs> this yeah. is the real life. Yeah. The real life real. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. very, very funny. Yeah. Well, before we end, is there anyone that you would like to pass the ball to? So this would be a woman who's inspired you in life. So um, someone that's inspired me in life, I, I thought a lot about this. There's a lot of people that you know, I, I, I could think about, but I have to just kind of bring it back to the beginning of just my kind of story. And um, when I was growing up, um, we had a woman that worked for us that lived at that she didn't live in our house, but she worked for us. Um, and basically, she was what, like a modern day nanny, they didn't call them nannies then, but she took care of the kids. She you know, she cooked, she was, you know, she cooked and cleaned in the kitchen, but she's pretty much in the kitchen all the time and taking care of us all the time. Truthfully, she was like my second mom. I just um, love her so, so much. Um, and she was a godly woman. Many years ago, I actually wrote a paper about her. Um, I had to write a paper about a woman after God's own heart. And I wrote it about her um, because she was a woman after God's heart. She loved me like I was her own, but she showed me Jesus. And I knew about Jesus growing up, but I knew that she knew Jesus and I knew about Jesus. And so she really um, exemplified. She wasn't perfect. And I saw that she wasn't perfect, you know, but I saw her rely heavily on Jesus and serve us and love us like Jesus loved us. And truthfully, like when I look back, you know, one of the reasons why 
I have the faith I have today is because of her example to me and her willingness and just, just her unconditional love wow. of me. Um, and so my name was Sarah Britt. That's where we named our daughter from. Oh, we wow. named our daughter Sarah after her. We had named our daughter Sarah before we knew that she wasn't yeah. going to be alive. But um, now they're both in heaven together. So I can't really pass the baton to her to talk with you guys on this great podcast. Um, but now wow. they're both in heaven together um, yeah. and they know each other. So, um, so yeah, that's. That's, that's who I'm passionate to. That's really cool. cool. Well, thank you so much. I I love the idea that perfect means complete because we can see how Mm -hmm. that correlates to what you were talking about with the verse that you shared and how we can be made complete in Jesus. And I like that you said that you knew about Jesus and she knew Jesus, because I think that there's a big difference and, you know, you can see that in people. The, those people that are really walking with Jesus just have something different about them. And so um, being an example now to other people of that is, is really cool. You can pass on her legacy. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. And, and I was going to say, yeah, then I knew about Jesus, but yeah. now I do know Jesus. Yes. And, oh, that's so true. Awesome. Barb, it was great getting yeah. to know you and meet you and hear your story. And I will take uh, bits and pieces with me. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing about your loss of your baby, Sarah. Um, that's That was really powerful. And like Patricia said, you're going to, that's going to touch a lot of women that hear our, our podcast and maybe they can share it with someone else to hear how God just um, strengthened you and your husband through that. So thank you for sharing that. It yeah. was awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I, like I said, it's an honor to be um, on your podcast. I love what you guys are doing. This is great. And if you're listening and you have something that you would like to share, feel free to email us at life is a team sport podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our Facebook group and our website, which is life is a team sport every day.com. And as always, life is a team sport and you are never alone. Thank you.